Hey, Travis. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? Tre- uh, Portable Trevor here, and today we have a really cool guest that I've been looking forward to. Uh, we just had a, a death match in my backyard. Um, I think I won. Not too sure, but uh, please welcome James DeAngelis. What's up, man? Hey, Travis. <laughs> it's great to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, and just let me clarify, we did not have a fight because of social distancing and quarantine. I uh, sent him a message that was just so... It hit him so hard that he was physically affected by it. And so I unleashed my word horde. And if anybody read Beowulf in high school, then you know what that is. Yeah, I told him to show up to my backyard. And then I just felt this presence inside of me after somebody just told me something shocking. And I was just like, you know, I don't want this anymore. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) (laughs) A ghost ghost had passed through him. It was a feeling like that. Chills. Exactly. You know, in Space Jam, whenever the aliens go through, like Charles Barkley, that's exactly what happened. And he and he was animated for an instant. He was animated in, in like the style of Looney Tunes for an instant, and then he reset and it was fine. And now here we are. I would have loved to have been like a fly on the wall in that set whenever they directed Charles Barkley to do that because he doesn't even like act that hard. He just kind of goes. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like Charles Barkley's like. Man, I'm not gonna pretend to act like I know that there's these like that these cartoons are here. Like, I'm not gonna do that, man. What do you need me to do? Tell me exactly the movement you need me to do. <laughs> like this, and he's just like, "All right, did you get it?" <laughs> and then move on. He's like, "I'm only gonna do this once, so please get it." <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen Space Jam in so long. We actually watched it, Netflix, but I don't even care to watch it again, to be honest. <laughs> it's like one of those movies. I'm like, oh, that might be nostalgic. Eh. It's. Not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like watching it now, I don't, I'll just I'll leave it as as like the nostalgic thing that's in my head. I don't need to watch it again. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, James, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Like this is really fun. Like I done? do what? Are we wrapping? Yeah, we're done. Okay, right on. All right, see you later. Uh, <laughs> um, so James is from the show called Sugar Pine Seven. Some of you may have heard of this, um, but. He's also done a lot of other things that I'd love to get into. He's also a rapper, a musician, and uh, just a really talented dude that I'd love to pick his brain with. So, um, so James, like, where did you start exactly? Like, you, I know you told me before we started that you went to film school, but what was that like for you? What was film school like? Yeah. Film school was fun. Um, I learned a lot, definitely had a lot of great experiences, worked on some really cool projects. Um, it, I feel like it did give me a great foundation. Um, but with working in the entertainment industry, like it's, I'd say like 75% experience because you'll learn things with experience, like that you won't learn in school. No one can teach you things like certain types of things. Um, mm-hmm. But thankfully I did have some teachers who had real world experience because a lot of times like no disrespect to college professors, but like sometimes professors don't have like a real world experience in the industry that they teach. You know what I mean? Like they kind of, and became a teacher. I'm sorry, that's not meant to be disrespectful. <laughs> it's truth sometimes. But no, I agree. a lot of teachers on both sides that were great. And um, But like I said to you before the stream, like getting through the general education, everything in college was just a fucking bore, man. Like I don't want, especially now, like being an adult and understanding the world, like I don't want to pay f- so much fucking tuition to go to classes that I don't give a shit about 
can I curse? I don't give yeah, a fuck totally. about <laughs> and are not going to be anything that I care about ever in my life. And it's a waste of time and I'm paying for a waste of time. So fuck that. I wish that you could just go straight into your major like with, with college. I think that's what needs to be done because why, because of some bullshit system that you made because like with this branch of classes that you needed to do to get these units, to be able to go to these ones and blah, blah. blah. And it's like, dude, can I pay you the money that's mine to pick, study what I want to study? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I, um, I majored in advertising a couple of years ago and just towards the end of my senior year, I was like, I'm taking all these BS classes that I don't want to take. I just want to learn how to like shoot with a camera and do graphic design. That's what I was here to do. And now I'm like learning Spanish that I'm going to forget in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any Spanish at all. Yeah. I know it's crazy so. that the, like, cause while you're going through the education system and while you're growing up, it's just normal to you. That's just the way it is. But then looking back, once you're an adult, you're like, man, there are so many better ways that this could be done more efficiently, more focused. Like anyways, I don't need to learn math, man. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. So you said like you had some good professors and bad professors. What do you think separated those for you? Um, relationship. Relationships. Because when you have a professor that cares about their students and they engage with them, joke with them and relate to them and share things with them and stuff like that, it creates mm -hmm. an environment where you're learning from somebody that you actually respect and look up to and connect with rather than like, obviously you can't always do it. If it's a class of 600 people in an auditorium, you can't do that the same way. But like when it comes to the more impersonal, like 20 to 30 people class, like courses, um, those ones, like, cause I had teachers that were more like meh and ones that were very like engaging and ones that I still think about today and like think back on things that I remember, you know, that we learned and stuff like that. And I had one class that was a directing class and my professor was uh, Julian Hoxter and he was this, this just wonderfully sarcastic British guy. And um, he just created such an awesome like environment for our class. We became like a crew almost like the whole class of like, everyone had like this portion of Macbeth that we were going to turn into like a, a, a sketch basically. And, mm -hmm. but you can adapt it in any way like possible because he was the screenwriting teacher. He was like one of the main screenwriting teachers also besides directing. And so, you know, it was just like all the different ways that you can adapt that man. I made mine. I wrote mine to be a, like a mafia Macbeth and we shot mine and it was cool wasn't that good, but it was cool. It was very fun. Yeah. So shit like that, man. It's all about, I think it's all about relationships and communicating, you know, cause if you can connect with somebody in a real way, it doesn't matter really about other things. That's cool. Hey James, can you do me a favor? Can you turn up the gain on your mic just a tad? Cause you're yeah, really quiet. quiet. Really, really quiet. Okay. Pretty quiet. How's that? Oh, it's better. Better. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I, those, that, that was my case whenever I was in college because, um, like I would have classes where there'd be a hundred people and I may have talked to the professor like twice during the whole semester. Yeah. And then I would have classes where there would be 10 people. And those are some of my favorite professors that I'd still go back and visit today. Yeah. So no doubt it was, it was great, man. What was your, what was, did you have a favorite film that you made while you were in college? Um, yeah, 
Let me think about it. You want to come back to it? No, there, there, there were a couple. Um, one of them we made, and it was um, like a mockumentary style, like office style, um, about this guy who was like running for class president in college, but like he was already had already been in college for like seven years and shit. Like he was just like one of those people who like could never move on from high school and stuff. And um, he it was just like mockumentary like office about him running and this other guy who was there visiting on like a school trip was also like fucking with him and pretending like he was running and shit but just it it turned out great and it was like super clean and just funny and well written and well produced and everything and it like turned out really well um that one and also uh in my senior year second semester we were shooting projects on a, an re sr2 which is like an old mm -hmm. film camera 16 millimeter film camera and um, we shot two projects on it and they were like amazing, dude. Like not amazing, but like they were so cool. They turned out, it was just really exciting to be able to actually shoot on film and like see how they turned out and everything. Um, the second one to this day has not been digitally, um, what is it called when you turn film into digital? There's a word. It's like digital it. formatting or something. It's like transcode, no. There's a word for it. Cine, cinef, something. Ah, it might. Come I can't up. think of the name either. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hasn't done that. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, but I just gave it to a friend of mine from college, actually, and he said he's gonna do it. Four years later, baby. Dude, that's sick. Yeah. Nice. So, were you worried about finding work after college, or did you like accumulate enough like relationships and connections that it was kind of easy for you? No, um, I wasn't necessarily worried. I was excited. I was obviously like kind of worried and nervous, but I was more excited. And I also, like I said to you before we started, I have like blind optimism somehow and, or sometimes, and it just like takes over when it, when it's something that I feel inside of myself, like I'm meant to do this. I want to work in the film industry. I want to be a director. I want to blah, blah, blah. Like I'll do that. I'll figure out a way to get to that point. It might take a while and it might be like, I might have to like be on YouTube for a while, but then like I'll get back on track. Awesome. What was the very first thing you did after college, like career-wise? Career-wise, um, I was just doing freelance PA stuff, like like you do. That's how you start, man. That's how you start mm -hmm. the grind. Um, if you want to do it that way, like that's one way you you could work in the industry. Is you start as a PA and you work your way up, and it's just about saying yes to every single job that you're offered being there on time, being there, being present, um, learning from everything that you can. And then you eventually through networking and getting more jobs, more jobs, like we'll work your way up. And that's, I respect that grind so much cause I was ready to do that. But then, um, I, like I also said to you before stream, I'm not good at self-motivating. So when mm -hmm. it's like, when you're starting out doing freelance stuff like that, you have to be the one who's like, all right, I need to reach out to all these people, network with all these people, like get some things locked down. And I wasn't in a headspace to do that at the time. So I was like, hmm, maybe there's a job I can get. <laughs> and so the first job normally, like normal job that I got was at Arclight Cinemas in Hollywood, baby. Worked at the movie theater. And it's fun. It was fun for like a month and a half or something. And then I was like, no, I'll get stuck here forever. Nice. And then I, and then I got a job at SourceFed. Yeah, I was actually about to ask about that. So how did that come to be? Was that like you applying or did somebody ask you and invite you? How did that work? Uh, no, I just applied. 
I just applied <laughs> on um, entertainment careers. Nice. And do you remember that email? Was that like a really good day? You were like, oh my God, I got an interview with them. Yeah, I was excited. It was like, um, I, it all happened really fast. Actually, I applied the next day. I got a call the next day um, for an interview the next day and then had the interview. And then the next day they called me and told me that I got the job, but it's just nice. for like an in-house PA, like studio tech. Just and did you ever get promoted to like editor or anything? No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a PA man. That was my claim to fame. And then I met Steve and we became friends. And once uh, SourceFed was destroyed, um, we started doing Sugar Pun. Dude, that's so cool. And how did you and Steve become friends? Did you just figure out you guys had the same sense of humor or what happened? <laughs> Pretty much. Because <laughs> like, obviously, you know me and you know Steve to an extent, mm -hmm. or at least like our humor. Yeah, man. It was just because like I thought... Um, most of the hosts, they were all funny, but some hosts were funnier than others, obviously. And like Steve, I thought was hilarious because like he had such a like brash and like irreverent sense of humor that I thought was like mine. And we just like would start fucking doing dumb shit, doing little bits together, like in between whatever work was going on. Like I remember, um, I was setting up for the podcast and the source fed podcast and me and Steve were just like sitting at the table, like pretending to do a podcast and we were like, Oh, we wanted to say thank you to, or no, it was like this. Um, yes, we wanted to say thank you to our sponsor wall bag. Um, they have all different kinds of bags you can put on the wall and, and we were just doing shit like that. And like the rest is history. I feel like you guys' friendship is just constant bits. Is that true? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. If you ever just listen, because like sometimes me and Steve get into games together, and so we'll play like the same game um, together, but then like we won't. And we've been we've been really pissed lately because we've been trying to find a game to play together because we're bored. Um, but we just, he started playing uh, Sekiro, and so I started playing it again too. And then we just like play our own game, but we'll talk on sh and, and shit on Discord. And dude, man nothing is said the entire car like the entire conversation it's just such bu it's bullshit that we're making noises to each other you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> nonsense i have a friendship like that with my buddy zane like uh one time we we hung out for like three hours like we went to go eat and then we went back to my house and then he left and then i called him and i was like there was absolutely nothing said this was like the the least beneficial hangout time i've ever had in my life but it was yeah, a blast. Yeah. no that's it that's it's great because you you don't always have to have a point or have a, you know, it, it's just, I think that's great when you have that connection with a friend where you're just like, yeah, we don't have to talk about shit, man. We can just fucking make each other laugh and say dumbass shit, you know, like it's, it's beautiful, but I hate Steve. <laughs> you guys are actually huge enemies. You just work together. Oh, me and Steve clash sometimes. <laughs> Do you guys get in arguments often? Oh, uh, no, not often. He just uh, will intentionally piss me off, and then I'll—I'm very open with my emotions, so I—I I react. <laughs> but, <laughs> what does uh, he do? He's one of my best friends of all time. Oh, I don't know. It could be anything. <laughs> just anything. And uh, you became friends with Kib afterwards on SourceFed. He wasn't on SourceFed, right? Uh, no, I met Kib. Actually, I love that story because it's 
so stupid. Um, <laughs> Tell it, please, dude. The way I met you, Dave, it was just like the dumbest, but it's such like it. It rings true even today, like the way that we met. Because so I think this was right after. It might have been right at the end of SourceFed. So like we were also working there, and Steve was having uh, like just like a movie night with some friends over, um, and invited me and my girlfriend to go. And so we went and Kib and his friend uh, showed up late and and we were watching Alien and everyone was stoned. <laughs> everyone was like really high um, and we were watching Alien and like half the people in there was the first time watching Alien and everyone was really high. And so I was like, that's funny because people are going to be like freaking out and shit um, or like really intensely into it. And so Kib came in and was like, oh, and like we met, we met and shit. And we, and we both just like, we were across the room from each other and we were both just like joking to, with each other about shit going on, like on screen, like something would happen and they'd be like, oh, and then he fucking sucks his dick and shit. Like just the dumbest shit, like so stupid. And I know that everybody in the room was super annoyed with us, but everyone was high. So they wouldn't like say anything. And <laughs> It's so funny because we were cracking up, man. We had a great time, and I'd already seen aliens. So I didn't give a shit. That's so. What's what's watching Alien High like? Oh, it depends. It can be different. <laughs> it's different for every person. What was it like for you? That's great. I love it. I love it, <laughs> dude. That's so awesome. So you work at SourceFed, and you develop this friendship with Steve. And then SourceFed ends. Uh, what was that experience like for you whenever it just ended? Um, I think I was the least affected, like emotionally, because at, at that point, like it was it was fun to me, but it was still just a job. Like mm -hmm. I I was fairly friends with everyone, but I didn't really become friends like with like Mike Falzone and Steve Zaragoza and all of them until after until Sugar Pine, because then I became worthy of their friendship. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Okay. You didn't no. laugh. So I was like, oh no, he took it seriously. <laughs> no, you kind of cut out. What did you say? Oh, did it? Fuck. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. I said, I didn't really become friends with like Mike and Steve Zergos and all them until after uh, SourceFit ended and we did Trigger Pine because then I became worthy of, of their friendship. Is what I was say. <laughs> um, but no, so I'm like, not worthy. <laughs> at, that, at that point, it was like, I was like, oh, damn, I need to find another job. And that sucks because like this is a cool thing and everyone like cares about this a lot. But it wasn't like the end of the world for me. Um, and obviously it worked out great for me in the end. Nice. And uh, so it ends. And uh, I remember Steve, uh, his very first one, it was like source fit has ended. Like that was like the first vlog mm -hmm. of the alternative lifestyle. And uh, when did you come in or was it the first episode? Um, I had, I think I was, I think I was in that episode. Um, but, but that was just cause Steve was like filming around the office. Mm -hmm. um, but the first one that I that he actually like hit me up to be a part of was the one where me him and Kib went to his tax guy, and like he uh, and, and I got the call where I got drafted. Of course, yeah, I think that was such a good bit. Chase or said no, you I, were on a ladder. Uh, I was on a ladder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing right, you did. I was on a ladder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on a ladder. Totally. Are we live so, right now? <laughs> yeah, we are. We've been live the whole time, James. Oh, thank God. <laughs> everything so what is the process like for making an alternative lifestyle vlog because um i remember watching those and like i'm a filmmaker too so i kind of get how things like that work and like spontaneity and i can kind of read that through 
uh, a lot of the episodes, but like a lot people are like stipulating for a long time. Like, is this real? Like, what are they doing is real. So, um, and Steve, is it like explained it a couple of times, I think on a couple episodes, but what is the process like? Like when you guys wake up and you start hanging out and Steve pulls out his like camera, like, do you guys say, all right, we're going to do a bit now or does it just kind of happen? Oh, well right now the process is non-existent. <laughs> well, when it was going on. <laughs> um, yeah. So in the early days, it was pretty much that it was Steve, you know, expressed interest to both of us and like some of our other friends like Parker and Jeremy and all them, um, of just being like, Hey guys, like I'm shooting, I want to do this thing. And so I'll, I'll be hitting you up and stuff if you want to do it. And I told Steve, I'll be your camera guy. Like for the most part, if you can pay me, then I can do it for you. Otherwise I have to get a job and I can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah. cause it'd be like that. And then he was like, yeah, I can. And so he would just hit us up and be like, I have this planner, like meet me here, or like here, I'll pick you up or come pick us up and shit like that. We would just do it. We literally would just be like, uh, go to a place and do something. And then Steve would turn it into a story. He would put it all together beautifully and hilariously. And that yeah, those story structure was awesome. Yeah. 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 And, uh, do you remember the hardest, like you guys have ever just laughed at a bit that, while you were filming? Oh man. So many, <laughs> a lot in the light is one of the things that always like, not always, but like it's one of the things that really like bothers me is that our later stuff didn't get the same exposure as the early stuff. Cause I think some of our later stuff, like in season four was so funny and just so like genuinely like great some of the shit that we make, but it, it was just already too late. It was our, our viewership was already like too low for it to not. And I know like a lot of people probably agree with that. Some people probably don't, but like I, I had a lot of fun making the later stuff um, for the most part. Obviously there, there was just a different dynamic between all of us. And there were a lot of other factors that went into making content in the later <laughs> days. But like, I really like, I was watching some of that stuff recently just because I haven't watched a sugar pine seven video in a long time. Um, but I was like, man, this shit's actually like some of it's funny. <laughs> and, uh, do you, from your point of view, why do you think those episodes didn't do as well as the early ones? Our viewership went down. We were making way too many videos. Um, I don't think, I think that was our number one mistake was putting out that many videos. But at the time, um, we, mm. were you guys doing it every day? Yeah, I mean, we were working full time and shooting like six videos a week and stuff. And like, I was just thinking the reason I stopped talking was because I was thinking about how how detailed do I want to be with everything? Um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, it was just it was just too much. I mean, we got way too burnt out creatively. Um, mm -hmm. Hindsight's twenty twenty because when you're living in the moment and working that much, like you lose sight of shit so quickly, and just like you don't have it's hard to have any sort of perspective on something like that. You know what I mean? When you're doing it every day and there's so much of it, we, we needed to like, we should have cut down and not be putting that much content out. Um, yeah. I don't know. And you guys kind of, you made a transition from like, you know, your old office to like the rooster teeth office. What was that transition like for you? I was very excited about it the whole time. And so was everyone mm -hmm. else. I mean, we were optimistic about it and excited about it. Um, and it just didn't work out. They were, it wasn't the right fit. Um, mm. They gave us a lot of opportunity. They also didn't know what to do with us exactly. Um, and that's a for sure fact. They kind of didn't really know what to do with us. Um, 
So there was only so far that that support went as far as like development. Um, you mm -hmm. know, obviously on the end of support, like financially salaries, benefits and all that stuff is great. And that's like blessings forever. And I'm always appreciative of that. And I have no hard feelings against Rooster Teeth whatsoever. It just didn't work out, you know, it happens. I gotcha. So you get, you guys, so for the Rooster Teeth brand, do you think that was part of it? Like the way Rooster Teeth is versus you guys, do you think that just didn't mesh well together? Not brand as far, well, brand as far as like type of content, yes. Not, mm -hmm. and somewhat of just like the personality styles and stuff. Cause like, obviously, you know, off camera, I got along with everyone I've ever met at Rooster Teeth. And I consider a lot of them to be great friends to this day. Um, it was just like our type of content didn't really mesh with their type of content. You know, mm -hmm. it was just like, it just was different. I remember watching that video, Sugar Pine 7 is, is over. And um, that the video like genuinely like that, that got to me because it was just, it was ridiculously sad. Um, and I know that that moment when Steve at the end of the video, like, supposedly tells you is that actually when he told you or was that like staged no that's not when he told us mm -mm. No it's not <laughs> no Boy. that's probably a dumb question i'm sorry no, no, it's not a dumb question. <laughs> and i didn't mean to laugh in like a condescending way i was just no, laughing because i was imagining if that is when he told me and how mad yeah. i would have been <laughs> oh really <laughs> um, at th that he would tell me that on camera mm -hmm. um in like a way to try to get a genuine reaction. No, no, no. Um, no, I, we knew about it before for sure. How did, how did, uh, was Steve the one that told you? Uh, we were told by our boss. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> that makes as, sense. as, as you do, as you hear from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. How did that, how did that conversation go? If you can talk about it as any conversation like that would go. Yeah. It wasn't, I understand. You know, it just, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, totally. And I'm sure that's not something you want to talk about a lot. Yeah. It's um, nice. You don't like to hear that ever. Yeah, totally. And yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about that, man. No, no, no. Don't worry about <laughs> um, it. But yeah, dude, like, so sugar pine seven, like me and my buddy chase who's in the chat right now. Like we, we used so to chase. like watch and yeah, chase is, he's a dope roommate. Um, oh, we yeah, kind of bonded over, <laughs> We uh we bonded over Sugar Pine Seven a lot because we were like we were so inspired by you guys because we were like we want to do shit like this it's so cool and uh, we've tried we've tried a couple times like I mean we don't we weren't trying to rip you guys off but uh, there were so many times like I wanted to record and do something like a vlog and do narration and uh, did you guys ever have a lot of copycats while you're doing this? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, not like a lot, like where it was like getting out of hand, but we definitely had, I, I don't give a shit if you are inspired by it and want to make something similar as long as it's not like a ripoff because mm -hmm. those are two very different things and it's hard. You have to be smart to like use a style that you admire and like make it your own and stuff. You know, it's, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, mm -hmm. But there were obviously like with that IGN thing back in the day when that happened, like to this day, I'm like, yeah, the guy just like made a video that was way too, way too similar. And then he like cracked under the, the barely little, like us being like, why'd you do that? Or like mm -hmm. edit, and he cracked under it. And it was like weird. It was so weird. That whole situation. Cause we were like, just admit that you, the video was like kind of similar. It's fine, dude. And he just like, wouldn't, he just like, didn't say anything the entire time. It was weird. Um, but 
No, not really. Not like to a point where it was a, an issue other than that. Mm-hmm. And you got to direct quite a few episodes. Like I love the, the cinematic episodes that you guys would do. Um, how, how did those come to be? Like the water warrior oh, that one, was, that one was that awesome. Was, dude, those were my favorite times because we were like, we were always a, cha- a chaotic force. Um, like when it was, it was just like, we had amazing support. Like me, Steve, and Kib, um, we're we're very like we need support. Or at least I don't know. It's it's weird trying to I'm trying to figure out a way to say what I'm trying to say. But I had so much fun doing all those cinematic things and like we the fact that we were all down to do that and we all went hard and like kind of became a little bit of like a proper little production company for a while there just making all the cinematic episodes writing scripts breaking down scripts setting up all these shoots and stuff like that like that was amazing and it just sucks that youtube's not really the platform for like narrative content you know but we tried it didn't work i think it's that's partly one of the reasons why our audience went down because that's not what they signed up for um but i had a blast doing it and i don't regret that shit at all yeah dude it was awesome and i i think that was that's something that set you guys apart. You guys experimented so much throughout uh, the runtime of the show. And I, I seriously appreciate the hell out of that. Like the woods was awesome. Like you guys premiered a film. People hell came yeah, out to watch yeah. it. You're welcome. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you. Dude, the woods was so much fun. The woods was amazing. That was like, I remember just when all that happened and that's when we won the streaming too, when that shit was happening, dude, I was on fucking cloud 10. Dude, and I bet. I was like, damn who'd have thunk like i never thought about doing fucking youtube and shit like that and then we did it and it was great and like we we made a short film and sold out a theater and won an award and like all those things i think they happen all those things happen way too quickly we should have spread those out to keep the longevity of everything going on but um that was incredible incredible that's one of my (laughs) although um there are many issues that i have with the woods Mm -hmm. um as far as like just things that could have been done better, the fact that we made it and like showed it in a theater, I'll never forget that. I love it. Dude, that's so rad. What What are some things that you would change now if you were to do it again? A lot of the story, just a lot of the story. I would. It, it was very clunky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, I thought it was I, awesome. <laughs> thank you, man. And it was. I had a lot of fun with it because it wasn't meant to be like the tightest written thing ever. You know, I mean, it's a. Mm-hmm pretty straightforward kind of horror that we were, but there are definitely things that could have been cleaner about it. Yeah. But that's I, how I, I feel think about a lot of my old films. The thing I respect the fuck out of the most about the woods is our makeup team, man. They were unreal. They made that monster. Cause dude, that, that monster like, was so dope when we were, cause we, like those prosthetics are really expensive. And so we had to order, we can only order like, I think one of like the entire of, each piece and stuff and we were like the day of i think it was the second day of shooting was when we were shooting with the monster first and he dude alex um alex alan fuck <laughs> alan I remember his name alan alan he's a legend he does like so much uh, monster work and like he i think was king Ghidorah, like did motion capture stuff for king Ghidorah in the um godzilla movie oh that's um, cool yeah, it's crazy. But he was there since like 4 a.m. doing 
the fucking all the prosthetics on and like that's crazy and we were like shit man this is it like if this monster doesn't look like exactly right it's gonna make or break the movie you know and it was just thankfully it was one of the most professional looking things about the movie i think mm -hmm. yeah it was awesome and uh what was production like for that because i love hearing behind the scenes stories oh it was a fucking chaos dude it was oh, like yeah. we nobody slept it was like basically 24 hours every day and like maybe sleep for like a couple hours but then you had to be up early and shit and then it was just like uh and for some reason we only had three days to do it we couldn't do it on the fourth day for some reason <laughs> i don't know if you know what i'm referring to or not uh, i don't <laughs> no because i had a chance to rapper content uh concert to go to oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember you wore that hat all the time in the show that i did mm -hmm. and then you lost it or something i have no idea where that where or when i lost that hat dude it was iconic yeah <laughs> it was. and another film that you guys made was uh it was a season one finale that uh, was it arcasia is that how you say it Arcasia, yeah Arcasia, mm -hmm. yeah that was that was like a huge turning point i feel like for sugar pine because i feel like nobody saw that before like a vlog and then it turned into this crazy cinematic adventure so what was that like creative process like i know i feel like that's almost all my questions so far um yeah we or steve was like because at that point steve was the driving force as far as the narrative went and all this mm -hmm. uh, the story that we were trying to tell and steve had the idea like because we had kind of like played around with the idea of like parker liking sammy joe and stuff like that and kid being jealous and like then steve was like you know we could turn this into something kind of make it go in an unexpected way and i was like dude i'm all fucking for that and i'm going to be saying this a lot throughout this interview but the rest is history baby Heck yeah, man. And what impressed me most about that that video was the acting. Like I love whenever like my heart like sunk whenever Kib's like when Kib looks at Parker and he's like, Are you a good listener? And then Parker's oh, yeah, just like, Kib what you killed doing? it. Kib fucking Yeah, you're so it. good. Yeah. And then you and Steve come in and then you're you're just like, Oh shit, like Parker's dead. That and is how that it was, happened. That, was, that is how it happened. <laughs> Like Parker actually died so you could get that reaction. <laughs> and then the next episode, what do we do with the body? <laughs> so dude, that was, that was such a crazy time. Um, so did you, was that a conscious choice? Like for a long time to to separate those into seasons rather than just like keep going like every episode. Um, sometimes, you know, we would, we made so much shit that like, just figuring out where we're at and like being in the moment and being like, all right, how many videos have we made? You know, like mm -hmm. it wasn't always planned. Like we're going to do this many videos and then stop. It was just kind of happened. And we would be like, all right, well let's do this many more and then stop, you know, mm -hmm. make a new season. Shit. You can't make real seasons on YouTube because you can't take time off. That's true. And you, you guys like started season two really quickly also. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that's awesome, man. And the other thing, like I loved about Sugar Pine was the music videos. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually talking to this girl at the time named Cecilia, mm -hmm. and that music video came out right like after we were talking. And uh, I did like I played I played the song and I like did the whole dance and I sent it to her just to be cute or whatever. And I was like, dude, this song is so dope. All right, and, and uh, did it work? No. <laughs> oh man. I mean, he. The relationship just wasn't going to work anyway, but the 
she she thought the video was cute just the relationship didn't work out oh gotcha gotcha okay yeah <laughs> well i'm sorry about that. <laughs> no it's all good i think it's funny but um so you guys also got grace hell big was that was that fun to have her on set yeah yeah, yeah. grace is awesome um mm-hmm. i it's funny because like for the longest time i just was never i wasn't into youtube like i didn't know any of these people and stuff so mm-hmm. i got to meet and like work with some people before i really knew who they were and like how like uh much experience they had and how like you know long they've been around and stuff like that like i didn't know so for some people that i when i met and shot with them and stuff i was just like oh i well they're obviously like a well-known youtuber but i didn't know like you know but grace mm-hmm. is awesome that was really cool of her to be down to do that that is cool and you also you do music on your own you just released a song recently didn't you you cut out there oh sorry you, you uh you, my music? <laughs> sorry um you you do music as well on your own too, and you just released a song recently, right? I did, yeah. Nice. What's it called? So my song is called Go, and it's on every streaming platform you could ever want it on, um, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. I have a little music video for it on my YouTube. Um, just James Angelus, you'll find me. Yeah. Nice. Have you always wanted to try rapping and just music in general, or yeah. have you, or do you like filmmaking more? Oh man, it's like. I don't like to, I used to be very much like try to define myself. I used mm-hmm. to try to define myself, man. And like really be like that. And lately though, like the past year, I've really been just so open to be like, just do what you want, man. Be genuine with it. Try really hard and you'll probably find success with it. Like, I don't know. I'm just a cocky asshole, I guess. <laughs> So how, how does that look for you? Way. I'm totally joking. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, how does that look for you whenever you just try something new? Because I feel like that's just one of the scariest things in life is uh, trying new things. Like I remember uh, whenever I tried filmmaking for the first time, I thought I just had to be like the best whenever I tried anything. And then if I failed in my first attempt, then that was it. And that's just not how yeah. life works as I figured out. But how does it how does that look for you, man? I mean, anytime you make something that you care about and you show it to people, you're gonna be concerned with how they're how they respond to it. You know, you're gonna want them to like it, obviously. And I want people mm-hmm. to like my music. Um, I'm not trying to be like a superstar. I wanna just make the music that I like and that I wanna make and express, you know, the ideas and thoughts that I wanna make. Um, and I want I hope people enjoy it. I hope people, it resonates with them. I hope it inspires them or whatever. And, and it seems to be working and I'm so appreciative. Cause like it, it is a very personal thing like music and I'm so appreciative that people like it, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, that gives me fire to keep going. What do you like to write about with your songs? I'm, I'm, I'm a very in the moment kind of person. Um, so, I, I like I ride off my emotions and off my moods and stuff like that very heavily. Um, and so it's really just like if I'm sometimes I'll, I'll write lyrics, sometimes I'll work on the instrumental first and then try to write lyrics. But mm-hmm. then it kind of it only works when it happens organically. I found for me, I haven't gotten to the point where I can make myself use these skills that I have at a whim. I have to wait till it organically happens. And so my process probably is a lot different than other people. Interesting. So 
what's the difference between you writing like a song and writing like a film? Everything. Everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, as far as like the mood goes mm-hmm. and style, I think having a style is very important. And not not to say that you have to stick to that style or you have to like continue yourself to a style, but to be able to express yourself in in um, in a recognizable way, I think is very important. Um, in film, they call it auteurs, which are directors that you can recognize for their style, like Wes Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having that is like the most important thing I think with anything creatively you want to do. And that's what I'm trying to do right now is like find my own style. And I completely forgot the question, like where we even fucking started with this, but I was vibing. Yeah, go ahead. I was just, I was just asking like, what's the difference between, you know, writing a song and writing a film. Right. That's the question. Yeah. A lot of things are different. So basically when you have a style, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just start the whole thing over. Um, no, I mean, the whole interview over. I'll be honest. That question's a little big. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> A lot of differences yeah what would you say is your advice because um i feel like even you have a very distinct style with the way you do films like what's your advice with just like standing out and trying to be truly yourself whenever you know there's millions of people that are uh, imitators and just want to copy everyone what would you say is uh, your advice for people to just be different i think right now more than ever like in 2020 i think people are craving originality more than anything they don't want to they're sick of seeing the same fucking thing man like mm-hmm. like think about artists that are coming out right now and even like films like how, how prominent a24 is right now like they're the best uh company out right now and like it's because everything that they put out is different sure it's kind of like if you could tell it has like the a24 aesthetic and you're like of course it's me but like there are movies that are from different filmmakers, newer filmmakers, younger filmmakers, more diverse filmmakers, women filmmakers. Uh, like, they're, it's the next step. It's not the same studio shit that they're pumping out, you know? Um, and same thing with music. Like, you have artists now. And that's why, like, with producing, I wanted to teach myself how to produce because then I don't have to, like, try to network with people and it was, I like to put myself now in a position where like, it's up to me. You know what I mean? Like I can make this, I can make music, make the instrumentals to it. And then I can also do the vocals to it and I can put it out myself. It's so easy to distribute music. And it's like the less and less you have to rely on people, I think helps. But, um, yeah, I think originality, man. I just remembered where I started with that originality. I think people, yeah, I was just asking like, how do you stay original in this time and age? I just do the things like genuinely, I just, the things that interest me, the things that I like, I, I want to share with people because I'm like, do you guys also like this stuff? Cause that's cool. I think this stuff's really cool. This style is really cool. Um, it's cool if you like that too, you know what I mean? Or like, if you've never seen this style or you're, you've seen some of it, you're not too familiar, like look at it. It's cool. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I just like sharing that with people and the interests that I have and like, I don't know, it's just cool. Like all the artists that I really like, like one of my favorites of all time is Mac Miller and his music like resonates with me so hard and like he's absolutely my main inspiration when it comes to like instrumentals and stuff and the actual production because he he's like he was a genius mm-hmm. what do you think of his latest album i thought it was dope love it dude it's so nice i want to get it on vinyl i have uh swimming 
on vinyl. I want to get circles mm -hmm. on vinyl. Amazing. It's beautiful. And like, dude, the yeah. instrumentals on, on that on circles are so different. They're very like very simple and very like just right. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but they're very simple. It's like one synth in the drums, you know, in the bass. Mm -hmm. That's it. And and they're usually like old, like it's analog sounding synths and stuff, and it's just super sick. Yeah, Mac was so experimental with like his beats and um I respect him so hard for his grind and like his hustle whenever he was just starting out. Like I remember when uh Donald Trump came out and that like blew up. I was like, this yeah, guy dude. is like so cool. And I loved his music videos. They were so homemade and mm -hmm. just made you feel like you were hanging out with him. It was such yeah, a good time. Sure. And like he grew as he grew so much as an artist. And mm. I think he was on his way to becoming one of the greats. And it's so unfortunate what happened, but like, man, yeah, I could talk for a long time about Mac. <laughs> yeah. What are some other inspirations that you have? Um, let's see. I'm heavily inspired by, uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia is like my driving force in life and everything mm -hmm. that I do is an expression of what I like about, um, the things that I love and cherish, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like a, a reflection of that and and like the i feel like that's what makes your personality in the way the things that you love you know and so yeah i mean so many things inspire me so many things i'm just trying to think like yeah nostalgia is such a beautiful thing like oh my, my God, on dude. my youtube banner yeah i'm oh, sorry i keep interrupting you no no, no, no worries Are you kidding me? have you ever seen our podcast <laughs> yeah um so on my YouTube banner, my like tagline is fuel, uh, filmmaking fueled by nostalgia. Yeah. And I feel like everyone just kind of, especially with like stranger things and so many movies that are, like feel like an eighties film or whatever, people kind of brush that aside, but I'm like, no, lean into that. Like that yeah, stuff is so sure. beautiful. Cause then um, you, you like you, um, you bring back things that people cherish from long ago. And then also that new people are able to cherish. And it like keeps the connection there because like people who love, uh, stranger things who are like teenagers and stuff. Now they get really into 80 shit and that gives them something to bond with, with their parents. You know what I mean? Like you connect these different, and I didn't live in the eighties, but I love 80 shit. You know what I mean? And I feel that nostalgia. It, it's different. Cause like you didn't have to live at that time to feel the nostalgia. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is called this is England. And it takes place in like 1983, Northern England. Like that has nothing to do with me. But I feel the, the nostalgia because it's kind of like based on the filmmaker's life as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel that nostalgia, even though it has nothing to do with me, you know? Dude, it's so cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that. Uh, do you know where I can find it? Um, yeah, I got it on DVD. <laughs> yeah, just email or mail it over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude, I, I don't know where to find um, it. It might, be on, um, it might be on Netflix, but gotcha. it's um, very intense though. Like a lot of my style with my filmmaking is heavily inspired by the eighties. Like I love that like retro wave, like vapor wave stuff. Like I wear that like a badge of honor. I'm like, this is nostalgic to me because uh, it reminds me of riding in the car with my dad. Cause we listen to eighties or films all the time oh, yeah. or listen to eighties music. <laughs> and uh, yeah. You ever just listen to a film in your car? Yeah. yeah all the time. Man. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Um, like with filming, do you do you find it hard to come up with ideas like while you're writing or watching something? You're like, I want to do something like that. What is what does that look like? Um, I don't find it hard to come up with ideas. I find it hard to develop the ideas. 
Absolutely. Because, man, you need an idea. I give you, I can give you an idea. Like, if mm-hmm. you need an idea guy, like, I wish I could just get that job, idea guy. Because, oh my God, I got endless ideas, but developing them is where I struggle because of my ADD. And I haven't, I'm no longer medicated. <laughs> so you're off the loose. Yeah, you're yeah, off I'm, off, I'm off, I'm off <laughs> the quaaludes. <laughs> But uh, to bring it back to Sugar Pine 7, I don't know if you care to talk about that more, but uh, whenever, was that you quite a bit? Whenever you'd be like, oh, we should do this, or you guys should do this, was that you quite a bit? Um, no, it was very collaborative. I think it was so, mm-hmm. at the in the early days, it was heavily Steve, and we were some more support. But then as, like, I'd say after, like, season one, it became a lot more, like, a collaborative thing and we were all kind of like throwing in ideas and having stuff like that which is great because we were all on the same page from working together for a while um mm-hmm. and it gave everyone a chance to like find a voice and have some say you know nice what was your favorite idea that you came up with on the show <laughs> like bit uh bit anything mm. man just some of the ideas like during the cinematic uh season that we did like um, the one episode where I went to go visit um, John Redlinger, uh, mm-hmm. who directed The Woods and also played Michael, the Asian guy, he, uh, I had the idea for some fucking reason. I think I was rewatching Breaking Bad, but to do the thing where I had the ricin in a cigarette <laughs> and like completely out of the blue, like we're just talking and I'm kind of like uncomfortable. And he gets up to go to the bathroom and I like take out a pack of cigarette. Like I have the ricin. Like that, that was so funny to me because it was so ran and out of the blue but i was already ready to like poison this guy because i was so fed up with them and then yeah so shit like that i love and just showing like homage to things that i love you know and being able to express it that way nice do you like a uh, bitter call Saul? um yeah i love that show i haven't seen the new season at all though or not i haven't any. watched any of it but i really want to see it i need to see break most i've only seen a couple episodes of breaking bad jeez man yeah i'm falling way behind man you gotta get on that <laughs> But yeah, dude, this is um, like filmmaking is is in such a strange time right now because, you know, people are taking inspirations from other things. And then we have like the production company like A24. Uh, would you want to make an A24 film or do you want to make something do like more independent stuff? I would I would do anything to work with A24. <laughs> but because it seems like they care about obviously they care about money but they care about the films and the filmmakers that they put on. You know what I mean? Like I think that they're great and I look up to them and I respect them and I would love to work with them. Are they watching? You think they're saying this right now? Yeah. Out of the four people, definitely a 24, the entire company. Yeah, hell yeah. They're putting it on a projector while they're working right now. Super tight. Super tight. <laughs> totally. What's your favorite a 24 film? Um, um, a lot of them. A lot of <laughs> Oh no, good time. Good time. I actually watched that recently. That was awesome. Phenomenal. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So yeah, it's good. so cool. A lot of people don't yeah. like uh, Safi Brothers because of they make very anxious movies. <laughs> that was very anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's the whole movie. Um, but what are some other things that you're working on right now that we might not know about? Like films or music or anything? Oh, I'm always working on music. Um mm-hmm. and just you know, follow me if you're not already. Um, I'll I put all my shit out, and I'll let you know. But yeah, mostly music, man. Mostly music and playing fucking video games. I'm I'm be streaming uh more, a lot more, 
now and uh i'll be live after this actually at like 6 30. heck yeah playing playstation 2 roms oh yeah baby what game are you gonna play have you decided um i have to download some more but i have i got a lot of throwbacks man i got a jimmy neutron game i got a jaws game i got a Bratz game got a hannah montana game hannah montana <laughs> i didn't even know they made a video game yeah there's like three <laughs> three why yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play Battlefront 2? Oh, yeah. I have that one, too. I streamed that yesterday. Dude, that's one of my all-time favorite games. Oh, it's so good. So classic. We're doing a, we're filming a sketch tomorrow with uh, some of my roommates. We're going to do a Tony Hawk Pro Skater parody, and <laughs> we're going to draw a lot of inspiration from that era of gaming. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Did you ever play American Wasteland? Um, probably. That was a really good one. I think so, for sure. Um, I don't know, because I feel like I'd, I would always go to GameStop and like buy used games and then like take them back. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, you know, because like they were like cheap shit. Yeah. So what have you been doing during the quarantine? Oh man, I've been smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> Hell yeah. A lot of weed. Chilling, working on music, you know, um, taking care of my garden. I have a beautiful garden in the backyard. It's very, it's very um, fruitful. I've just been tending to it, you know. Mm-hmm. What have you been planning back there? Well, I've got some red bell peppers. I've got some hot burrito peppers. I've got some artistic broccoli, also known as probably broccoli rob. I've got some uh, some green onions going, some buttercrunch lettuce, some heirloom tomatoes, and I've got a bunch of herbs. And I'm gonna plant more. So I want to plant some corn. <laughs> Actually, though, I want to plant some corn. Dude, nice. So um, we're getting close to the end. Um, and uh, I really, I think this is a burning question a lot of people have just because of uh, like things that Steve's been like alluding to online and stuff like that. But uh, is uh, Sugar Pine 7 coming back? Oh, I don't know. You'll have to you don't know? See, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know any more than you guys know. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And you guys have been hanging out with, uh, or at least online, Hoodie Allen. Yeah, he's quarantined at uh, Nick's house with Steve. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Is he, uh, has he uh, been helping you guys like with any content recently? No, Maybe not, not Trigger Pine. We're not really doing anything right now other than the podcast. And if anything ha- comes, like anything happens in the future, then it happens. But we're not really, you know, you'll see when and if something comes out. That's all I have to say. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Well, uh, it's been about an hour, but is there anything else you'd like to say, James, before we close? Nah, man, I'm all good. I appreciate you uh, asking all the questions. Yeah, dude. Uh, hope, hopefully, them, some of them weren't too <laughs> like risque to ask or whatever. Very risque. Very promiscuous. <laughs> totally. Well, uh, James, thank you so much for being on, dude, and thank you everybody for tuning in, dude. This was a blast. Hell yeah, man. Heck yeah. All right, bye. Later. my word horde and if anybody read beowulf in high school then you know what that is